You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. Welcome. That was a graceful intro. That was, but that's typically not how that happens. No, that wasn't. You know, it's graceful because we're doing a meditation challenge that is about gratitude I and forgot. grace. You stole my phone. Um, no, I agree with you. <laughs> Sorry. <got> <laughs> so it's not helping me stay present. No. no. You are correct. You and I. We have been doing the Deepak and, Ch- and, and Oprah. Deepak and Chopra. <laughs> Deepak, Deepak Chopra and, and Oprah, Oprah Winfrey yeah. <laughs> started a 21-day meditation challenge. We mm. signed up. Of course. And every day, typically every morning, for, I'm going to have to do today's after the show because I haven't done it yet. And Ooh, we are focusing every day on grace and gratitude. Gratitude. Trying yeah, to be. Yeah. yeah. Which is sometimes hard for us to be, you know, to find gratitude in every moment. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a challenge. Especially when you're like we're in Seattle and Sergey keeps having to kick me. Gratitude in every moment. Yeah. <laughs> As I'm angry. <laughs> just mad. Uh, yeah, there was there was little grace. <laughs> there was little grace there, but, but that's okay. It. But it's a lot of fun. And actually, when we were in Seattle, we ended up just doing that, sitting on the bed and meditating together because there wasn't time exactly. to do it on our own. Which and I like. So, um, I like it. Yeah. It's helping us to be, because our world is crazy, mm-hmm. it's helping us to try to be more present. And um, I feel like I feel like it's good for everyone. Um, we try to convince Kurt to do it, but you know how it works. We try and convince Kurt to run, and then he goes to the hospital to <laughs> bail out. So we try to convince Kurt to do meditation, so and he I went to the church that... and converted to being a Mormon. Right, exactly. That's how so it works. like, how can I get away from having to do this? Yeah. Okay, I will claim a religion for the next 21 days. Yes. <laughs> it's a trial run, you know. But, you know, we're always doing challenges. I mean, let's just say it. We always do challenges on the show. Um, we did the 5K challenge, and the boys yep. ran a 5K. And we had a lot of fun listeners who ran the 5K with us, and we love you, and that was a fun team. Now we're doing a gym challenge with food plan. And I won't lie to you that um, it's been – I've derailed. <laughs> and again. I'm, but again. don't worry. I'm getting – again. <laughs> I'm done. We're in this together, Do sister. You We're in this together. We both derailed again. Do you understand I'm hungry and that is the dangerous? <laughs> no, and so we're back on the track. But this is what we do, and we invite you to be with us. Now we're doing a meditation challenge. Yeah, yeah. And in September, get ready, um, Spokane AIDS Network. We're going to do the AIDS run. The AIDS walk. 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 Because we're not running this time. No. And Sergey and I will be there to make announcements and things, but we're also getting a team together. To uh, to do the walk together for yeah because um, remember in Washington State the governor says we're going to end AIDS by twenty twenty yeah, twenty 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 that's five years from now trying to four and a half really the yeah clock is ticking so it means there's work to do so look at all the things you can get involved with when you're with the boys so all you have to do is send us an email listeners at hotmesssunday.com. if you want to be involved in any of that we're more than happy to tell you how and we're there to support each other. So let's yeah, do that. We so. really are. Um, so we are, we're kind of working on this project. It's in the works right now. But we're going to bring you a Seattle artist here in the, in the end of August. It's going to be exciting. It's, and well, who is it? It's Jack Mosey. Yeah. yeah. We played Jack Mosey on the show. Last week we met Jack Mosey at a, uh, another thing we were mm-hmm. yeah, down at. And um, very talented man. He hails from the Seattle area. Um, does, he produces his own stuff. He writes his own stuff. And he's got more energy 
like I'm I'm exhausted just even saying his name. Yeah. I'm so tired. <laughs> so um, and we want to promote him here. We're bringing him to Spokane mm-hmm. at the end of August to do a show here for all you people listening. And you want to get out there and support your LGBT artists. So that's right. So come yeah. and yeah. see that. We'll keep you updated. We'll have to um, talk to. Queer Sounds, of course, who is on uh, KYRS on Thursdays, because I have no doubt they've played his music, um, and uh, talk to them about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Just, so all the saying. things are working over all here. The all the things are coming well, up. And then talk about, we just got back from Seattle. Yeah. Talk about a thing. We did a whirlwind trip, as we're known to do. Over in Seattle, had... Mm, can I say fun? It was fun. No, you can say fun. It was. Yeah, it well, was fun. It's fun. It was a, it was a learning a learning trip. It was. And it was really, I mean, stress, stressful and overwhelming. <laughs> you know that it was, there was a lot of complicated things going on when we can't really commit to. to right. Right. We're trying to. No, but it was good. Here's the thing. Learn from things. Yes. Be open to learn from things. It is the worst experience, most likely at the time. Uh, learn. Yeah. But learn and, find and move forward. Gratitude in the moment. <laughs> I'm did today's today's centering thought, by the way, for all of you, today's centering thought is when you resist, you find, when you don't resist, you find grace. Okay. So don't I'm resist. I'm a resister. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit and that. And you'll find grace. Yeah. yeah. I know. I, I know. A, I had a psychic tell me this weekend that I am a resister. So. Yeah. You're going to resist all. <laughs> Thank just you. Poof. Thank you. And apparently we're supposed to kick your butt, but that doesn't work. That's so we're going to do something too. else. But you can't do it in an aggressive way, she said. <laughs> and I am trying to tell everyone, hugs. They hugs. work. It's like, you know, I need you to change. No, just ch- 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 yeah. <laughs> criticizing. Just hush. Just yeah. Hush. But no, no, no. <laughs> Honey, just shove a suck in your a, a, a a sock. sock. <laughs> a sock in your mouth. Not a suck. No, no, no. <laughs> that <laughs> that did not come out. See, do you see that we are tired? <laughs> do you hear that in our voices? Right. Oh, man. Here's the thing. We're bringing you a great show today. In just a few minutes, we are going to be talking to Pacific Northwest author Anthony Greer. Um, amazing books we're going to talk about. He is one to watch in the Northwest. He, you know, we look for talent in the area, and we look for people who we know are going to go places. And uh, I'll tell you right now, Anthony Greer is going to be one of those people. So we're going to talk to that author and tell you how to get his books and his new book that comes out in august yes and then in the second hour we have republican representative from district 16 that's down in walla walla maureen walsh republican and yet very supportive of the lgbt community back in 2012 she did a uh, she did a speech in the house that was mm-hmm. all about the support of uh, marriage equality and that was before we actually had it in washington state she goes against that goes against what we know of the republican platform so we're excited she's coming on we're going to talk to her a lot about her the bill that that kind of got stalled right now yeah, that has to do yeah. with the reparative therapy and talk to her about what it's like to stand on an issue that might be against what your very brethren in your in your political party um, do and how she finds the strength and her gay daughter that is what inspired her to to reach out and to think beyond yeah, party lines. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. So we're excited to have Maureen Walsh in the second hour. It's going to be a packed show. Now, before we go on to a song break, I think now is probably a good time to do that. Um, Crazy B, we haven't done it in a while. No, we um, We love to give out that award. We love that award. Uh, Kurt has has a little plaque made, but yeah, we only one. Yeah, we do have an actual So we plaque. keep it. Yeah, we take a picture of it and send it to the person exactly. and say, "This is what you could yeah. have if you keep going." 
This um, is what you get, but you can't come near the boys because we'll probably have to get a restraining order against you because you're crazy. <laughs> so, exactly. Crazy B. So but crazy we have a very bee. worthy winner, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think I think this is kind of the crazy B on everyone's mind. Donald Trump. The Donald. The Donald. The uh, celebrity apprentice host, the political... Now trying to be political nomination for president, really, Donald yes. Trump? And try here's the thing, trying the sad the scary truth is he's Succeeding. not doing half bad. Yeah. He's at the top of the Republican voter polls. There are people out there when you ask them why they are so supportive of him and they feel like he is speaking more truth than a typical politician. I'm not sure, in my opinion, that he's speaking truth. I do agree that he's saying things that most people wouldn't say. He's just offensive. But, yeah, but I don't call that truth. I mean, I enjoy Howard Stern, but I'm not going to elect him for president. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, let's get real. He has made inflammatory statements about immigration. He... He told um, Senator John McCain, who is also running for the Republican nomination, that he doesn't consider him a war hero. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? Direct quote. Um, from Donald Trump, he has insulted more people than we ever yeah, do on here, this Yeah, here's the thing. I almost, I almost want him to be the Republican nominee, because any other candidate against him looks amazing. You can That's you can be like a ham sandwich, and you probably win against <laughs> Donald Trump, because at least a ham sandwich tastes better than Donald Trump <laughs> and looks better. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. That hair yeah, is not doing because if your ham sandwich is growing wonders. here like that, yeah. <laughs> at least toss you it know. Out. Yeah, yeah. Toss it out. Um, and every and basically just watch Trump's uh, campaign tour, and you will get a new soundbite. Oh, every yeah. day. Do you know that the people he relates the most to are the middle class? Mm. Really? Yeah. I don't think he mm. has... M- most of the middle class, this is my guess, work for him, and he doesn't allow them to make direct eye contact. I think... That is right, how yeah. I think that works. <laughs> I think the way he interprets middle class is he's in the middle of the 53rd and the 55th richest person in the world. He's like, I'm in the middle of some right? people, so I'm so middle I'm, class. I consider myself middle class. Sometimes I, I get bumped back to business class, so right? that's... I, I understand you people. I personally see him as no class. Yeah. <laughs> there You're it welcome. is. welcome. Wow. And if I say it, there, his poll is going to drop. Yeah. Really? (laughs) Anyway, so he is the winner of our Crazy Bee Award. And honestly, I'm an honorary winner for everybody who's supporting him currently. Please educate your vote. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Just saying. All right. We are going to take a quick song break. And when we come back, we'll be on the air. Uh, with author Anthony Greer. So here is a song by one, well, not by, recommended to us by one of our interns. It's called Home. And we are back on KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. We are your outspoken boys. Yeah, we are. As they just said. We did did that yesterday. We were coming home yesterday. We did. And Moses Lake tried to burn down why we were going. We had to like It was on fire. Yeah. Yeah. An hour out of the way so that we could get around the close, the closing of the road. I know. The fire was right beside the highway. It, wa- it was almost spilling over onto the highway. So this time, been. as we were coming home, we got to see the smolder. Except, let me tell you, Kurt is an awful person. I'll he start is off the like worst human being you'll ever We meet. all know this. We already accepted as truth. It's but true. As Kurt we're is our driving producer. up to the Moses Lake fire, he's like, you know, that's really not that impressive. It should be bigger. <laughs> I'm unimpressed. Kurt, yeah. I'm like, no, we don't want people to get hurt. I'm they closed the door for that little tiny flame. Yeah. Oh, 
<laughs> he, he wanted more fire. destruction. More fire. More. So uh, our producer is a horrible person. Yeah. So. <laughs> At first, I didn't know where you were going there. I'm like, I agree with that statement as well. <laughs> he is. Like, if you just cut that word, cut. first yeah. third. Yeah. First, Nailed it. first third of horrible. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's how you get around saying things on radio. Yeah, right, right. I'd like you to take the first part of the dog's name, Shih Tzu. Which is a dog. It's a dog. Uh, I'm just saying right there. <laughs> All right, stop. So enough, it's enough. talent. It's yeah, talent. take the middle word of fire truck out. Take, take that out. <laughs> take that out. You know what I'm saying. Oh, uh, we're getting too creative. Anyways, in just Especially a little I'm bit. I'm over here trying to dissect it like a math problem. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah. Anyways. Add two minus four. Yeah. Right? In just one second, uh, we are going to be having... Anthony Greer on. Anthony Greer, yes. Um, he's actually being transferred right now over to us phone lines. Anthony Greer is a, an author, writer from the Pacific Northwest. He has worked in journalism as well. He does have a number of books out right now in the sci-fi fantasy genre. Uh, Sergey and I have been able to read his work. This man is a storyteller, I'm telling you right now. So uh, we are very excited to uh, help you understand that this is someone you need to watch. So, Anthony Greer, you are on the air. Anthony, are you there? Is that hold music? <laughs> He's like, and hold. Hold music. That is how on. important. I just want to say that's how important Anthony Greer is. Like when yeah. he calls your show, he just puts you on hold. It's, a, it's a little bit like church music. <laughs> it did. It did. So hold Anthony music. Greer, we have been right. reading. Actually, he has two series out. One is the Messenger series. And uh, we read the first book of The Raven of Dusk Transcendence. Great summer reading. So the great thing about that is, so we got to read this fantasy novel. Both of us could not put it down. It was so good. So we're going to talk about how he goes through. He writes them really quick. Um, And this, these are very in-depth stories. So we're excited. Again, I'm going to say we are welcoming Pacific Northwest author, Anthony Greer. Are you there? I am. Hello. How are there you? There he is. He doesn't there sound like is, music. He is. I know. We you we are we're just telling people you're so important that uh, when we put you on earlier, it was hold music. You're just like hold. I will get to you, people. Yeah. When I'm ready. <laughs> you hold us. <laughs> How are you this fine morning? You're hailing from Seattle currently, current right? Oh, yeah, that's correct. Um, I'm doing well. Uh, it's it's really hot out here. Oh, so yeah. That's not yeah. fun, but you know it is called Hot Mess Sunday, so Yeah, see exactly. It's literal about that today. And right. we do want to say we take business trips over there way too often and we expect Seattle to cool down for us and instead you guys have been keeping up with the Spokane weather, so not appreciated for yeah. you guys, I'm sure. We have we too much over it. here, so <laughs> keep it to yourselves. <laughs> Anthony, so we just wanted to start off with uh, you telling us a little bit about, you know, your books, getting our listeners warmed up to uh, what kind of genre, what you write about, and um, why why you write it. Okay. Um, so the book that I wrote that we're going to be talking about today is called The Raven of Dust Transcendence. Um, it is an epic fantasy. It could also be considered a dark fantasy uh, there's some LGBT themes, uh, there's some young adult themes, but overall it would be, uh, it would be epic fantasy is the, um, genre. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically the book is about, um, it's about this planet Norius, and long ago, uh, for whatever reason, all life had, one, had gone extinct. Um, no one knows why it happened, and the story behind it has evolved from history to myth. Um, however, in present day, a series of Bizarre events begin to threaten the world's longstanding peace, um, and uh, political ties are beginning to shift and break. Uh, new alliances are forming, 
And as the story progresses, several of the core characters are beginning to learn that whatever had once caused this initial extinction is threatening to repeat itself. Um, and it's about the characters, their various backgrounds, different stories, um, how they come together, uh, the relationships they form, and ultimately the, uh, um, the goal is to figure out what exactly transcendence is and why someone is trying to achieve it. And I have to tell you, you know that you have successfully created a story when you have a bunch of people in a van driving to Seattle, actually talking about what we think is going on with certain characters, and really in love with Costin and Milo, and really hoping, just this is just a hint in a writer's ear, we really want to see that, a lot more of that, just so you know. But that's, <laughs> we are talking, we're dissecting these characters because we enjoyed them so much, that is, I think, a successful storyteller. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, Costin and Milo, that was actually an interesting story. Um, obviously, most people have not read the book. So Costin is, um, he is a dynastic hero. Um, he comes from a long line of very successful people that, are, um, that share his family name. And uh, he is looking to continue that line. Uh, while also trying to prevent his son from falling into moral depravity, because his son is essentially rebelling against him, and they have a very complicated but also very interesting and loving relationship. Uh, Thompson himself, his major secret is that he actually is um, interested in men, uh, and that's something that he has not really discussed with anybody, and uh, it's sort of it's interesting because I myself didn't even really realize that he was gay until probably two-thirds of the way through the book when I randomly wrote this one scene and I was like, oh, okay. Um, suddenly I, I'm starting to feel like the parents of a, a, a son that like, you're like, oh, I, how did I not see these signs before? And <laughs> He just came yeah, out yeah. to me in this moment. And I'm writing him. Yeah, right? I love that. That brings up a good point. What I want to know, first of all, tell me how long have you been writing? Like these books. Uh, so this particular book, uh, well, I guess the series in itself, I've been working on for several years. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just all about trying to find the beginning of the story because obviously there's a lot going on. Um, there are a variety of characters. There are a whole variety of stories. Um, I also just released a series of short stories that have commonalities with um, the events that happen in Transcendence, some of them a little before, some a little after. Um, but probably four or five years initially with this book just to get the foundation going. Mm -hmm. But that said, I also, I mean, I wrote the second book, which is now available for pre-order next month. Um, I'm dying. And I have a lot of the storylines set up for the rest of the series as well. Well, that's amazing. So, I mean, reading this book, you can tell that there is just a distinct voice. And, I mean, it's so well written and it flows so well. Um, do you have, I mean, you've been writing for five years just books, but do you have uh, any experience writing before that? Did you go to uh, school for for writing? Or was it just this passion that you've always had to write and, they, I mean, it's always come so eloquently to you? So I've always been writing. Um, my family says that I started writing basically as soon as I learned how to draw. Uh, I, I would always, um, when I was younger, I would basically take my, like, my favorite stories and kind of rewrite them. And 
it was totally plagiarism and whatnot, but it was cute. Um, <laughs> it was cute. <laughs> like, uh, like my favorite musical when I was younger was Into the Woods. So I wrote an adaptation called In the Woods. Um, <laughs> Love it. So things like that. Uh, but basically, uh, in high school, I was editor-in-chief of my high school newspaper. Um, I occasionally write for the Seattle Game News out here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the University of Washington to become an English major, which is, you know, why I'm a bartender now when I'm not writing. Uh, <laughs> what do you do with a BA in English? I mean, <laughs> I've got, I've been writing all of my life. Uh, it's just trying to find um, the confidence and the right story to say, okay, this is published worthy. I'm okay with doing this. I'm ready to show this to the world. Well, and one thing I, I, I'll say is that one of the big things we noticed, the difference between, and we, we, we talk to a lot of different writers. We also get a lot of submissions of books and um, on the show. One of the things, the integral differences with you and other writers is you are a storyteller, and I believe those are two different things because there you know your stories and histories and things beyond this book you can tell when you're writing you just know this whole world that you've created how in the world do you begin that process of creating this gigantic world that's bigger than just one book you know what i mean honestly i mean it starts with a small idea and it just builds, um, and that, that's probably one of the reasons why it took me so long to get this first book out is because every time I did a, wrote a draft, I would then get these other great ideas. I'm like, okay, well, can I fit this in this book, or should this wait until later, or should this be its own little short story? And it just kept building and building and building, and finally, at some point, you just have to say, okay, enough, there's too much going on, right. let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's cut some stuff out, let's add some stuff, and it's just a constant process of adding, taking away, putting stuff to the side. Um, at one point, uh, I think my, uh, I, I call it my Nuri's Bible because it's just a se- separate document with all my ideas, and that's right. probably longer than Transcendence <laughs> itself at this point. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Just because of deleted scenes that I've had there, certain beats of what characters, plans that I have for the future. Right. Uh, it's, it's, right. Just, it's just something that builds and builds. See, I think that's that's amazing. The world that you've created is so uh, uh, intricate. Okay, and that'd be the answer there. Hello? Are yeah. you there? Anthony, can you hear us? I think we There may... is a chance we have lost Anthony. <laughs> there is. But not lost, lost. Not like the news when no. you say lost. He's no, just... no. The phone call just dropped. So just, we, yeah. Here's the thing. What I want to say is um, Anthony Greer's book that's out right now that you can go get. It's great summer reading. It's called The Raven of Dusk. We're trying to get him back to at least finish this real quick. Uh, the first book is called Transist- Transcendence. The second book comes out. You can go to Amazon.com, look up Anthony Greer, and you can get the second one, which, what, like he said, is available for pre-order. Um, so you can get that. And once you read that first one, I guarantee you're going to want to read the second one. But it's let's true. bring him as we wind down. Is he on the... He's not on the phone. <laughs> let's talk about go to Amazon.com and look up Anthony Greer. And I guarantee you, you will not, you will not um, regret it. 
it's really fun to find new authors, especially really, really new ones that are just starting out on their own and support them. And Anthony well, Greer is part of our community, and I think it's worth checking that's out. That's true. And I I mean, young authors that are so engaging and have that talent, I mean, you you know that it's uh it's really it's really about the talent more than the name recognition at this point. And so it's really just it's Get I mean to it's, know him. He's it's raw. Him to know. It's really raw and that's what I love. Anthony, are you there? Hello? Hello, are you there? Can you hear us? Hey. Hey. I'm here. You're oh, back. Good. We lost you for a moment. <laughs> yeah, we're going to bring you... And bef- as we wind down, what we want to say is, what is the name of the new book that people are able to get uh, in pre-order, at least right now? Uh, the second book is going to be called The Raven of Dusk, um, Children of the Rain. Children of the Rain. Now, you say it's available for, for pre-order. What, when is it released for them to get and read? Uh, it's available for pre-order now. Um, in order to... Yeah, so it's available for pre-order now, and it will be released on August 20th. That's amazing. Okay, first of all, I'm dying, because when you finish the... And so, people, that gives you, you know, just about three weeks to get this book right away, mm-hmm. Transcendence, read it, because you're going to want the second You're going to want more. You yeah. really are. It's, it's, a, it's a thirst you can't quench right no, away. No, that's why we spent, you know, a five-hour car ride talking, talking about, about what do you think is going to come. Um, what is it that you find most fascinating when you meet people that have read your books by what they say to you? What is most surprising? Uh, Most surprising so far is how much they've liked them. Uh, So far, I've done a lot more advertising with The Messengers, which was my JD novel in February. Mm -hmm. Um, I have gotten nasty emails from people for not writing fast enough, which I thought was, (laughs) was like, okay, I will take that compliment. Um, right. So that's I used a different name when I sent you that email, so I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're always going to get some haters in there, but it's it it's good to have. Now, before we let you go, would you let our listeners know where they can find uh, more of your works and where they can pre-order and get uh, your books? Uh, yes. So, uh, both the Raven of Dust Transcendence and Children of the Rain are available on Amazon. You can contact me through my website. It's www.anthony-greer.com. Greer is spelled G-R-E-E-R. I also have a blog that I've been working on pretty much bi-weekly, uh, and that's going to be uh, www.anthony-greer.blogspot.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Anthony Greer uh, That's amazing. And I have to say, for everybody, when you mentioned the blog spot, for everybody who wants to get a taste of the writing of Anthony Greer that's just going to make you want to buy the books, definitely visit the blog because you get things there you don't get in the books, which are the short stories, lots of behind, you know, uh, the past stories of the people that are in your books. Um, and I think that's an amazing resource for people to get to know you uh, that that would like to know more. Anthony, I cannot tell you how much we believe in you on the show, and we're very excited to see what happens in your future. And um, we need those books. I'm going to write you more nasty emails under different names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, now, now I know what to look for, and that, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> they all sound pretty whiny, so that's how you know. That's how you know. All right. Well, thank you for taking time out of your Sunday today. We look forward to reading more of your books. Thank you for having me on the show. You're welcome. You have a great evening, day, time. You as well. (laughs) Bye. Bye.
Great I didn't get awkward at all of time that moment. Day. <laughs> Anthony's a very, you know, I have to say we meet some amazing people just being out where we are. And that's how Anthony happened. We ran into him at a little business soiree in, in Seattle. And who knew we would fall in love with his talent. So, anyways, please, we highly recommend checking out Anthony Greer. You still need a summer reading book because we still have a month and a half of this summer to go. Go Look him up. And let's support our LGBT artists that are yes. out there. So. I thought you were going to say go team there for a second. And go team. Go team. Go team gay. Go team gay. All right. So we're going to come back here after the song break and talk a little bit about uh, Caitlyn Jenner's speech and some of the craziness that has happened yeah, after afterwards. After the Arthur Ashe um, Courage Award. Exactly. But to introduce that, uh, I'm going to play a song that's a little bit appropriate from Of Montreal called Tim, I Wish You Were Born a Girl. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Outspoken. If you just joined us, we are winding down the first hour. We had Anthony Greer, author from the Pacific Northwest. Um, he, there are some LGBT themes in his books. Uh, they are fantasy, sci-fi, and they are fascinating. His new book, Children of the, Sun, of the Rain. Children um, of the Rain, yeah. yeah. Children of the Rain comes out Wait, children for pre-orders. I don't know. Children of something. Children of the Rain and Children of the... the aren't those already movies? I don't know. Anyways, we're horrible. Anyways, The Raven <laughs> of Dusk, please look it up. It is well worth it. You can get Anthony's works on... Uh, you can get them on Amazon. You can get them for the Kindle. Or you can just get the books like we did ourselves. The new book is out for pre-order today. It comes out officially for you to read on the 20th. And we highly suggest you do that. Um, as we're here, we're going to come into a panel discussion about something that happened recently. So the ESPY Awards um, were on ABC, and the Arthur Ashe Courage Award was given to Caitlyn Jenner, which, if you didn't see, first of all, that speech was amazing. It really was. Absolutely inspiring. Yeah. And what happened first is all of these people on Facebook were all posting quotes. I mean, just has been this crazy, amazing experience. And then there has been this crazy backlash. Well, and it's not, I mean, yes, there has been backlash, but this is a uh, public, public uh, television journalists had a yeah. brawl, so to speak, a verbal brawl. That's what it, and that's really what we're going to talk about. Because first of all, let's, so there's this amazing speech. There was some, talk there has been a lot of talk mm-hmm. from a lot of different people about did Caitlyn Jenner deserve I mean 1974 gold medal winner in the Olympics right did Caitlyn Jenner deserve an award today um for an ESPY which is a sports award for courage well was it that and I and I think I mean I think that of course she deserves it and it's not because she hasn't been in sports for such a long time or hasn't been you know, in the public's eye for such a long time, it's because of her transition. And I think that's right. that's uh, more notable in the sports community that they're awarding courage for that. But right. of course, there is a lot of talk, right. did she or did she not? And I want to say one of the best quotes from the speech was, if you want to call me names, make jokes, doubt my intentions, go ahead. Because the reality is, I can take it. But for the thousands of kids out there coming to terms with who they are, they shouldn't have to take it. So that's this thing. But and I want to say we're going to bring on two panelists that we're going to discuss this with. Um, this, there was an incident on Dr. Drew on call, which is the name of the show. It's on Headline News, HLN, uh, which used to be CNN, too. And it was between a conservative journalist, political pundit, Ben Shapiro, and journalist Zoe Tour, who happens to be um, 
happens to be transgender as well. And he, what happened in this exchange, and we'll put up the link to it, is Shapiro being extremely agitating and using words specifically mm-hmm. to insult his fellow journalist that is right beside him, and her response to him being a little um, uh, violent, um, threatening to to send him home in an ambulance. But I I can't say I blamed her. So there was this very tense that went through the whole show. And what what really showed there is there is an ugly, ugly divide Mm -hmm. on this situation. What I want to start with is we want to welcome uh, two hosts from a segment that we have on Outspoken called Spill the Tea. We want to bring both those hosts Gwen and Gwen, I, I've been having this conversation with Kurt, our producer. What last name do we go by? Because I know you by a few. Katie. C-A-D-Y. So, Gwen, Katie. Mm-hmm. Gwen, Katie. Gwen, Katie. And Tyson Wright. Correct. You are here as hosts of Spill the Tea, as two very outspoken advocates in the transgender community. First, I want to ask the question, do you feel Caitlyn Jenner deserved the Arthur Ashe Award? I think she absolutely deserves it. Not down in my mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm going to have to say, yeah, she deserves it. But uh, there's also people out there who are also a little more deserving as well. Okay. Sure. sure. Do you, and do you sure. think they're more deserving based along on their based solely upon their achievements, or do you think that, um, you know, Caitlyn Jenner could have been doing something better to deserve no, it, it more? No, it has nothing to do with what Caitlyn Jenner's doing. Okay. I just feel like there's people out there who put their lives on the line. Okay. And mm-hmm. they deserve, like, courageous awards. And, right. But, I mean, like, we only have, like, a few of them to give out. So, I mean. Sure, sure. Right. Okay. And a lot of people are saying um, Caitlyn Jenner has not, like I mentioned in the intro, has not performed sports and all of that stuff for decades. Why they feel like they're, that it was an ABC move because um, of the Diane Sawyer interview. That it's part of the same family and they're trying to... Do we feel that should have anything to do with it? Should it be that Caitlyn Jenner hasn't performed in sports for so many decades, so why are we giving her a sports award? Should it be based on... Sports merit? Since it's the ESPYs, should Mm -hmm. it be based on that? Or is it really... You know, there's a Courage Award based on you are an athlete and you're doing something within the athletic community that takes a lot of courage, which is coming out and saying... I'm trans. I mean, do you think, do you think the guidelines do I think were that... loosened for, for Caitlin to get it? And should they have been? Um, no, not really. But not really they weren't loosened or not mm-hmm. really she, they shouldn't have been? Um, I don't think they were loosened. Okay, sure. She's still a huge icon within the sports industry, so right. no, it wasn't loosened well, at all. And I think, I think it doesn't matter if they are loosened or not because it's not about the guidelines and it's not even about the award, it's about the recognition of Caitlyn Jenner. She could have won any other award, and it was about the recognition and having her go up and have the opportunity to have this speech because in the sports community, it is a big deal to come out as, first of all, part of the LGB community. You can't be gay. I mean, we know Michael Sam is having a hard time yeah, he's performing playing in on Canada a football now, team. Because it just didn't happen. Exactly. And I mean, to come out as a trans uh, woman is huge in the sports community because, I mean, it's you don't see it all that much. No, you don't. And I need to say, one of the other things is even advocates within our, more, our, our uh, own community are saying things like, hey, it's a 65-year-old white lady who happens to be rich who's going back to her mansion in uh, Beverly Hills. 
she hasn't lived. You know, it's some of the things you were just saying, Gwen. She hasn't lived in the the essence of how hard it is. So how dare she be on that stage? Is that something that even should be part of the debate? Um, no, I don't think her money has to needs to be a part of the debate. Whether or not she's rich or not, that the media doesn't show what's behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. She may have money to go through her transition lickety split, but. That doesn't change the fact that the social structures are going to change just like everybody else is out there. Right, exactly. And Tyson? She's putting herself at the forefront of movement. It doesn't make it any less valuable. Right, right. right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that uh, uh, Caitlyn Jenner is going to be an icon in any case. I mean, it, okay. and it's it's like Laverne Cox. That's that's a big move to do, and what community you're a part of almost doesn't matter. It's and it's more matter. about the yeah, it's more about the message. And right now, you can't even say you know oh your socioeconomic status is up here. You have you know this privilege or that privilege because mm-hmm. right now the privilege doesn't matter if you're making a change. I will say this: there is a there's a crossover in in an understanding of of what I feel about it, which is when Caitlyn Jenner uh, first came out. Um, I right away was like, that's amazing. This is a right. great moment. Then the Diane Sawyer interview happened, and it, for me, wasn't amazing. I mean, there were some good things, but what I noticed was I didn't feel like Caitlyn Jenner was new enough yet for herself of what it was like. And so, Tyson, you and I had this discussion where our concern was, is she the right person to be so high-profile uh, to help the trans community because she has been known to say things that are like, mm, that's not really how you say that. You shouldn't say that. And so the shock when I re- when I uh, watched that speech was more so that, wow, it was an amazing speech. It was inspirational. And there was a moment where Caitlyn Jenner says that she's learning. And that is all I ever want from my from my leaders is to know that they understand. Because the fact is, the gentleman who mentioned the 65-year-old rich white lady who was very uh, disconnected from the re- realness of it has a point in the fact that if that was all and Caitlyn Jenner chose not to know anything about her community, she's rich enough, white enough. And living in the right community, that she could do that. So if she chose to stay there, I would agree that there, I would be critical as well. Um, Tyson, has your opinion evolved at all on Caitlyn Jenner? Absolutely. Recently? I was completely skeptical after the Diane Sawyer um, interview. I didn't really have that much faith, but I still, you know, had a little bit just because. I mean, we need someone at the forefront. Movement. You want it, yeah? I want the it hope so bad. There. And after that speech, though, there's no doubt in my mind, she's doing a fabulous job. I'm very happy that we ever had. Did sure. you, Gwen, did you ever have doubts in the beginning? Um, I'm going to have to say, yeah, I did, honestly, because, I mean, the Kardashians, they do a lot for, exactly. for, right. for public It made it, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, to fully feel that way about Caitlyn herself is kind of invalidating her. And I feel like that's wrong in essence. It is. No matter if Mm -hmm. we feel that she's, you know, just putting on a show or whatever. Right. I feel like anybody who really fully forcefully fights for that point of view is invalidating her identity. And to do so is wrong. I mean, you don't want someone invalidating yourself. Yeah, right. Right. Absolutely. And I think that uh, the conversation has been about whether it's for publicity and whether she's ready. But I think that that's exactly what we need is, I mean, the only way we make a difference is if we have publicity. So we're criticizing mm-hmm. what we're actually wanting to right. use and what we need. And, I mean, she 
isn't 100% perfect in her identity right now, and neither is the community. I no. think she can help the rest of the United States and world grow with her mm-hmm. because she's a relatable icon and she is at the same level that a lot of people are right now. For me, I feel like Caitlyn Jenner is a great icon for the cisgendered people because okay. she's still learning. She right. Is. And so the rest of the community can learn with her. Right. That, but, and that's an excellent point. But yeah, then really like is. with Laverne Cox, she already knows everything that she needs to know about the trans community. So she's a great icon for the trans community to look mm-hmm. at that too. And do you think it's important to have someone that's an icon for the cis community oh, yeah. for the transgender yeah, because advocacy? Most, most of the ignorance and bigotry yeah. comes from the cisgender of community. Course, of course. Tyson. And so they need someone to, to look up to. Yeah. And what a fascinating point that I, I honestly have not seen or heard made yet, which, and that was the first time my brain went, hey, which just what you said, just what you made it. There's two different icons for the same movement, but for two different parts of the world that need it. And maybe that's where it is. I will say, you know, even in her uh, speech, she says, I understand that there are people who doubt my intentions. And that doesn't matter. Because let's mm-hmm. say we talked about it a few, uh, few weeks back. Uh, we are criticized, as you all with your new segment will be as well. Someone will find something to criticize. We are criticized, Sergey and I, because we are white gay men and we can't be black lesbians and we can't be black gay men and we can't we can't be trans but and so we have a lot of people have have criticized us Mm -hmm. and my answer is always and i think that's what we need to think about with with caitlin is if you choose to take whatever status you have in life and use it for good don't tear those people down. Yeah. We can only do what we can as the people we are. And I really think that's what Caitlyn Jenner is doing. Listen, question all of that, like she said, do all that. The fact is she stood up on that stage thanking people for award, but making it about the kids and the suicide rate in the trans community and saying, this is what it's about. Do what you want to me. So she, in her status, is using the great things she's been given in life Absolutely. To Absolutely. push for a movement. I kind of want to bounce off of that and say something. I mean, we often forget that we need the privilege almost because that privilege gets us a foot in the door. And we mm-hmm. have spent so much time fighting the privilege that we idolize someone who is at the lowest level of privilege where, right. you know, a lot of people will say, well, where is your icon that's, you know, a black trans woman who is part of the LGBT community also has a mental illness and is an immigrant. I mean, you yeah. don't want to find someone who's the ultimate minority who re- represents everything. You want to, you know, fight for your movement with people that can already help you. Yeah. Yeah. Comments <laughs> on, on that. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I I don't think... For the initial part of the movement, it has anything to do with minority. Sure. I, yeah, I totally agree. Having someone who's already in the door in some way or another is excellent. It opens the door further for those other minorities. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Tyson, I know you watched the video uh, of the news reporters and the whole you know thing they had on Dr. Drew. Um, I want to hear your comments and thoughts about that because watching you, uh, Jonathan, and I saw a lot of... Angry and uh, surprise reactions. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. My hands are still shaking from earlier from just watching the video. Sure. Right. There's a lot of anger there. I'm really frustrated, especially with what uh, Shapiro had to say. And Shapiro, just... let's... Okay, so let's remind everybody that then the aftermath is on the uh, Dr. Drew on call on HLN. He had on about six reporters to talk about the SB Awards. And he asked in the beginning, does Caitlyn Jenner deserve, like we did, does 
does Caitlyn Jenner deserve the ESPY? But what transpired afterwards uh, in that conversation on air is Ben Shapiro, a conservative journalist, says very disrespectful things to the journalist Zoe Tur, saying, refusing, kept calling Zoe sir, uh, saying that you are a man, you even have sperm. I mean, just very inflammatory statements that are obviously meant to hurt. That's their design. Exactly. Um, and it's happening. And Dr. Drew was never able really to successfully bring it back to what he, and he tried uh, for, you know, to give him that. And so there is this really ugly argument. Every, all of the other journalists are screaming at Ben Shapiro and saying, how do you not see that you are being disrespectful? Um, how does that happen? We're sitting here, four of us, talking about a subject that is going to be passionate. Um, but I do, I would like to think we have decorum. Watching that, what were, let's go with the emotional reaction and then what, as, as two people who are hosting a segment, what that reaction was. Um, I think you both watched the videos, right? Um, Gwen is nodding and with a look of she's going to kill somebody. Yeah. Um, tell me, yeah. start with me about the emotion in watching that. Initial emotion that I had was prison rules need to come on the street. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> someone's going down which i mean let's face it um there was a very tense moment when zoe put her hand on uh shapiro's shoulder and said if you if you keep talking like that you're going home in an ambulance yeah yeah well a lot of a lot of it is anger and you want to respond in violence even though that may not be the right you know thing overall in the moment probably feels pretty good it's emotional someone just personally attacked you right right. which is why i'm interested in the emotional response like you just said prison rules need to go to the streets (laughs) uh tyson when you're seeing this what is the emotional response before our professionalism comes into it it's more just rage frustration and i mean i know gwen's been there i've been there like we've had to be in the same situations it just makes me angry for our community thinking that our youth have to go through that Gwen's had to go through that. I've had to go through it. Mm-hmm. And you know how it feels. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more irritating and frustrating. And it kind of puts you just back into that moment. Ben sure. Shapiro is a very successful conservative political pundit. Um, the thing that worries me, that is, okay, right now, even though there are still people against the gay community and marriage equality, still... That is not would not be tolerated on ninety nine point nine percent of any interview or television. And Doctor Drew did a great job there. But the scary thing is, this person is is spouting these, and he's so proud of his his. Uh, he kept saying mental illness and oh, all of these things, things. Is that that is a huge? Obviously, that represents a gigantic swath of America and how far trans community still needs to come. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I do have to say thank you to him. He pointed out the other side and how e- how 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 nasty it can look. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, and let's read it. She's saying thank you to Ben Shapiro for showing us how horrible those people are because it brings attention to a problem. Yeah. Right, and 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 I think it's not just horrible, but they also um, play this game where they try and hide it and say, well, it's not about you know equality it's not about the suicide rates because i feel bad for that too but and then they go into their long description of why suicide rates really to them don't matter because it's a mental illness kind of thing or you know that and i hate that the whole time it was mostly focused on um you know a sex change surgery which is not what that was about at all and it was about you know it was about the surgery not the transition and not yeah you know the topic been kept bringing up the surgery exactly he, 
and he boiled down suicide rates to well, if and he said it actually was related directly to post surgery. Right. What right. kind of? I mean, missing the point, right? Here's the point, Absolutely. and their ship is way over here in you know the Yellow Sea. Talk to me about that frustration of not totally missing it, totally not getting it. Um, well, I guess for me, I'd have to say I have to refer back to my blog, um, mm-hmm. where I believe that the suicide rates after surgery are so high because the trans community has this idea. Some some people in the trans community have this idea that after surgery everything's gonna be fixed. You're gonna be you're gonna be cis. You're gonna be all like your slate is going to be completely Mm -hmm. wiped clean. And that's not the case. Unfortunately, it's not the case. I mean, for me personally, I would love to be cisgendered. I'd love to have kids of my own biologically, but I can't. And I'll never be able to have that. Well, and you make a good point. So everybody, if you want to go to uh, Gwen, you just recently wrote a blog for us about that very subject matter of the, the reality of I'm not cis and some you believe in your very own community need to maybe accept that more because there's power in just accepting exactly where you are. Yeah. Will you talk to us a little bit about that? Um, I think accepting the fact that you're not going to be cis is going to bring a lot more happiness to yourself. I'm a little happier because I've accepted that I'm trans. I'm a transgendered woman. Um, mm. And it's unfortunate that I'll never be cis. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that my brothers and sisters, my trans brothers and sisters, won't be cis either. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that everyone strives to be cis because, to be cisgendered, is because we view that as effortlessly happy. Mm -hmm. And it's not. Right. It's not not that you want cisgender, you just want to really kind of fit in and be be, be be okay quote normal right exactly Mm -hmm. tyson i see you're having some emotional responses i i kind of want to i want to hear about this Uh, what's going on it's frustrating yeah Yeah. because i mean like one said like there's certain dreams in your life that you always will have and i think in some at least in my opinion it's like you still think you could attain them in some degree right um not like the essential ways you know like yes you could always adopt etc but you know, there's still a strive to essentially be a cisgender. And in fact, the reality is you never will be. But at the same time, you have to embrace that, you know, pride and show that you're transgender. And sometimes, to be honest, like, I, you know, I'm out all the time. But at the same time, it, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely yeah. hard some it days. Hard. It is hard. Um, and I feel like the more you don't accept it, the more you allow other people to not accept you. Sure, and the more you well, allow them to decide for you what you should be and how you should define yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, Shapiro made the point that our chromosomes will always be the same as our biological sex, right? And yeah, that's true. I will always have X Y X X Y, right? But that doesn't make me any less of a woman. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think it's I think that's where we don't understand is people who come from such a perspective that it's so black and white. It's so binary um, that if it's not in your DNA, that's it. Like Mm -hmm. that's that's the line that they draw where they can't see the outside, you know, and they can't see that it's not about the DNA and it's not about the physicality of it. Um, And that's where, you know, the battle for cisgender starts, I think, is because they make the goal being physically 
you know, a woman mm-hmm. or a man or, yeah. a, you know, and like, gender. Most people will say, you know, you can't have like for me personally, yeah. they'll say I'll never be a woman because I can't get pregnant. There are plenty of cisgender women out there who can't get pregnant either. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't make them any less exactly. of a woman. Or they choose not to. You yeah. know, it's just they're not going to if they don't have. How does that because you have just boiled down like you've done. Like Ben Shapiro boils down the experience to surgery, uh, they boil down the experience of being a woman to one act, and yet that's not what it is. What would each? I'm going to ask this to both of you. What do you? The hardest thing is that Ben Shapiro showing that ugly, close-minded horribleness, just point blank in your face. What do you think it's going to take to change? the amount of people he represents what is going to change what's going to help them understand or at least maybe get them to shut up more um i i honestly don't know what to say to that but i guess um we just need more people i think in my opinion out of the forefront like those people who are caitlin jenner yeah he he says that he's tolerant yeah. Clearly not. I know. I heard and that. Tolerance means you respect that person. Yeah. It doesn't mean you tear them down. You don't no. use the wrong pronouns. That's not tolerance. Right. No. That's not well, respecting their decision. No. And mm-hmm. it's also point blank choosing things to throw at them like stones. Let's be honest. He kept saying, I am respectful. I totally get it. I just feel sorry. And I'm like, no, see, right in the same sentence. <laughs> You took it all back. Exactly. Yeah. It's 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 the same thing with you know that we saw with the gay community. Same thing we're seeing with the trans community. It's people that are saying, "I'm I'm pro these rights, except when it comes to marriage. I'm pro the rights, except with this." I mean, when you see someone as a second class or as a lesser than you, that's not like you said. That's not tolerance. Mm-hmm. That isn't respect. You have to see someone on the same level. But what they're choosing to do is see someone you know, respect that you're lower than them is really what they're doing. Yeah, and then like. There comes the argument of the difference between acceptance and tolerance. Yeah, acceptance absolutely. means, you know, that's cool, that's awesome, you know, kind of like that kind of feeling. There's tolerance that. tolerance is more like, okay, that's how you feel. You do you, I'll do me. Mm-hmm. More more of yeah, and I, I'm all about acceptance. Tolerance kind of annoys me at times. But at least it's a respect. At least it's a hey, you take that. But there was none of that in this argument. No, it's uh, flat out ignorance. And yeah. and Caitlyn yeah. Jenner points that out in her speech. Respect. That is what every individual mm-hmm. person deserves from everybody. Mm-hmm. Basically, whether you know them or not. Yeah. They deserve a semblance of respect. Yeah. Yep. Ask those same people. Ask Ben Shapiro, as a, a listener just said. Um, would you like someone to just say, "I tolerate you"? You know, would he mm-hmm. like that to happen? And I guarantee you, no, it doesn't feel good to the rest of us. Not at all. No, so that really doesn't, doesn't change, you know, anything. Exactly. And I love that this conversation boiled down to respect and from both sides. Um, there's obviously a lot to talk about. Education, 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 education. A lot to talk about with Caitlyn Jenner. We'll keep on following her story. A lot to talk about the trans community. And uh, we'll keep having you guys on for uh spill the tea so right now we are going to take a song break and when we come back we're talking to a republican pro-gay representative in washington state uh the song we're listening to today is car radio by 21 pilots 
You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. You are back with The Outspoken Boys. Yeah, we're very excited. Now, in just a minute, we are going to welcome a Republican representative from the 16th District of Washington, six-term representative, from the other side, we talk a lot to Democrats on this show, but mm-hmm. we always like to reach out to the other side. Um, became very well known to us in 2012 when she gave a very heartfelt speech about supporting LGBT rights when it came to marriage equality. We reached out to this uh, amazing advocate, Maureen Walsh, and asked her to be on the show, and we are more than happy and honored to have her with us today. Um, Representative Walsh, are you there? I am. Thank you so much for coming on our show on a Sunday. Yes, welcome, it's welcome. my pleasure. We want to start with, I mean, way back and then move forward. Uh, one of the things we always find fascinating, I know it happens, but um, in the Republican Party, we as LGBT community members don't always find allies where we want to. But you did a speech in 2012 speaking of your support for marriage equality at that time, it was one of the most heartfelt, moving, and very honest speeches I think I, I, I've seen. Um, can you talk to us about what brought you there? Was there a struggle in that decision? And especially on the difference on what tends to be the major platform in the Republican Party not being pro uh, pro those issues? Yeah, although I think that you will find, and I think it's pretty apparent, you know, with the frankly, the recent Supreme Court decision, right. you know, saying that marriage quality will be the law of the land. Right. Um, that was great affirmation, you know, for giving a speech like that and thinking that I was potentially making myself very vulnerable mm-hmm. in my next election with my, I guess, base of supporters. Um, you know, but at, at some point you also have to um, try to convince yourself and believe that your voters uh, who are, are supporting you think that you're reasonable-minded and that you're making good decisions on their behalf. And I know that I lost some supporters um, when I gave that speech, but the reality is um, I can't compromise what my conscience tells me what to do. And I think if it was... Um, uh, you know, any other kind of issue, you know, I could have possibly voted either way, but on something that would, you know, was such a moral and, and issue of conscience to me, you know, I, I couldn't really change my vote, and, and uh, nor would I. And so I, so, you know, I kind of went ahead and took the plunge and decided, well, if I don't win my next election, so be it. You know, at least right. I'll be able to walk tall and, and, and know that I did the right thing in my heart and in my mind, and um, and thankfully, um, I think I've gotten tremendous affirmation for that speech and that vote in the last couple of years with the amount of support across this country, frankly, um, for the rights of LGBT and also for the, the, the ability and, and the basic right of being able to marry the person that you love. Yeah. Well, now... It's. I mean, of course, there's going to be some back- backlash. Like you mentioned, you lost some supporters in your uh, in your district, and I mean, your job is to represent constituents. But you know, the fact that you speak so uh, openly about what you uh, you know what you consciously think is the right decision that is really inspiring. Has that changed any of the dynamics between you and your colleagues uh, from the Republican side of the legislature? You know, ultimately, all of my colleagues and I get along quite beautifully. I, you know, I, I 
uh, I don't tend to not get along with people anyway, or else I wouldn't <laughs> have this job, frankly. But, um, you know, I get along great with the Democrats. I get along great with Republicans. And frankly, when you get into a legislative arena like I'm in, um, you kind of put down that sort of partisan shield, if you will, and, and you work with, with the people that have also been elected to represent 137,000 constituents in their district. And you try to do what you can to compromise and reach agreement. And uh, this year was an interesting example oh, wow. that compromise and agreement, you know, we started miles apart and yet it took us a lot of extra time to get done with this session this year. Mm-hmm. Three extra sessions, actually. But ultimately, people put, put aside their, you know, strong partisan beliefs and they did compromise and reach agreement on three, uh, what I consider very bipartisan budgets um, right. that were you know, got us out of there at least before the end of the fiscal year. So yeah, exactly, and that was a big deal. Uh, last week we had on Representative Marcus Riccelli and then Representative Brady Walkinshaw talking about how grueling it really was to get there. But the fact is, we should be happy we did better than sometimes our national people that we in Washington got there. Yeah, that's you know. right. And you know, we never have had a um, a situation where we've had to shut down government. We did have the unfortunate situation where 26,000 state employees were sent layoff notices, but uh-huh. that's something that is triggered automatically if we ever do go that late in right, the year. Right, of course. Of course. Um, and so, um, so, we, so we did get her done, and um, <laughs> we got the operating budget out on time. And, of course, we went a little bit over into mm-hmm. the next fiscal year with the transportation and capital budget. But, again... Um, exactly. You know, we had to have cooler heads prevail, and, and and we actually, I think, had good compromises here. And that's a little bit of the difference, I think, between the state and federal levels mm-hmm. of government, is they tend to be a little more partisan back in D.C. And right. I think on the state level, we recognize that we are one state, and the health of eastern Washington is, is dependent on the health of western Absolutely. Washington yeah. and, and vice Ex- versa. So. Exactly. It's much more local here. Yeah, definitely. Um, I kind of wanted to bring up a, uh, a bill that I know you were, you were a sponsor on that kind of stalled. We, we heard about it. We looked at the bill, tried to follow it, but then it didn't go too far. And it was the uh, uh, conversion therapy for sexual orientation uh, bill this session. Can you talk to us a little bit about the bill and you know what happened to it? What what's what, the future? What, yeah, yeah, what's the future? What's the history? Well, obviously, when you have chairman of specific committees serving in the Senate and the House, mm-hmm. and of course the House being Democrat controlled and the Senate right. being Republican controlled, um, sometimes on issues like that, uh, I think sometimes Republicans look at it like a little bit of restraint of being able to do the trade or the you know whatever it is the discipline that you're trained in. Uh, On the other hand, I think many Republicans recognize that some of the conversion therapies, which frankly just sound like torture to many of us, um, you know, really are not appropriate and really shouldn't be sanctioned in any way, shape, or form. Um, But again, you you run into kind of philosophical differences. Some people maybe are in complete denial that some of these abhorrent practices are actually in play. Um, And so, you know, again, it's um, sometimes you just can't quite get there and you say to yourself, okay, let's look at this issue over the interim. Let's glean some more information about it. Let's look at the history of it and see if we can get some anecdotal um, mm-hmm. input. And then you kind of uh, you wait till the next year when you can actually have more information to work with and you can find that agreement. And I'm afraid sometimes bills just 
fall to the wayside because, A, we knew we're going into special session. B, we had to get a budget out. And so right. sometimes good bills fall to the wayside. Um, but they do come back the next year. They're I not was going to say, is there going to be come back in the next year? Is there a, a are we going to push it in this next? Are you going to bring it back to life and push it this next time? Was that Brady's bill in the house? Do you, do you remember Brady Walkinshaw? I believe it actually was Brady Walkinshaw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think he probably came over and had me sign on to it. And, um, yeah, I suspect Brady will work that bill, um, you know, in the legislature, and I'm unsure that he will try, you know, very hard to get right. that legislation passed. It's important to him. It's important to a lot of us. Right. And, um, you know, but again, I think sometimes just you get, you start, you know, wading into the weeds with some of these things, right. and, and the details get confusing, and then you're hearing some conflicting uh, research, and, and, and so I think it's sometimes it's just better to kind of keep working a bill, keep working what the content of that mm-hmm. bill is, and what that bill actually means, and and come back when you uh, are better able to knock it out of the park. Right. And I suspect he won't have any problem doing that. He's a pretty <laughs> right. convincing guy. <laughs> he, tru- he truly, truly is. Um, and I want to say one of the things that I loved, we are not used to seeing um, politicians. You know, there's a lot of things you have to do. You have to, you have to do a lot of speeches, and you have things that are important that are very, you know, business. we got to b- get business done. What I loved about the video that I saw, of course, of, back in 2012, was the very realness you had. First of all, very, I mean, good public speaker because you're funny and you're very poignant, and I enjoyed both sides of that. But do you find it was a very personal story? It was very much a transparent, authentic part of your life. That is really a vulnerable way to to share, especially when, you know, politics can get a little... uh, you know, the nails have brought out and going on. Do you, I know you mentioned your daughter in that, and I know uh, from all the things I've read, you're very close to your children, of course. Do you find that, was that the the thing that helped kind of go, you know, I'm I'm going to look at this a little differently than, than maybe a lot of uh, the Republican Party on the national level would do it? Is it, is it that that helped? Or were you always, even before you knew of your daughter, um, a little more uh, open to things like that? Yeah, actually, uh, several years before that, I had co-sponsored the domestic partner legislation mm-hmm. with uh, Mark Elias yeah. in the House, and um, you know, I co-sponsored that bill as well. I've never had an, an issue with marriage equality. I've always thought that you know, one's sexuality should not dictate what, right. what rights they are provided in life. And so... Um, you know, so that was before I even knew my daughter um, was a lesbian. I, mm. I didn't didn't even know at that point in time. Um, and so, so yeah, I've always been pretty liberal. Now, I will confess that when Governor Gregoire came out and said that, you know, she has no problem with same-sex marriage, except mm-hmm. that using the word marriage, which, again, that traditionally held, you know, union between a man and a woman kind of a thing in our country— right. Um, you know, I kind of thought, yeah, it's just semantics. What's the big deal with the, right. with the word marriage? And then maybe you find out that your daughter is gay right. and potentially will be having, a, you know, a, a, a gay marriage with another woman. And suddenly, guess what? Semantics do mean a little bit more. Right. And why should my child, just because of her sexuality, not be entitled to a tradition that is highly held and respected in this country, one that I enjoyed very much being a part of for my 23 years, married to my husband before he passed away. And, and yeah, maybe it did sort of drive home that thought that, yeah, there is something to the word marriage that is very respected and 
themed, and why shouldn't my child be able to, to be a part of that as well? So, yeah, maybe that's where my daughter sort of solidified right. the belief that it should be just marriage, um, you know, not gay marriage, not heterosexual marriage, but marriage between right. two pe- people that love each other. And, and, and again, uh, uh, yeah, maybe that sort of reinforced a little bit more. The right. speech was just one of these things where when you're in a caucus of politics, like I am, I'm in the Republican caucus, and you know that you don't have a lot of support sitting mm. in that caucus room with all of your colleagues. Right, sure. Sometimes you don't get up and give a speech because right. you kind of, you don't want to throw your colleagues under the bus, right? Mm-hmm. And, but sometimes you do when you feel strongly about something. And that was a completely spontaneous, I just stood up and I just told my story. And I think the fact that it was just completely off the cuff, but again, I think you're right, it was totally from the heart. Yeah. I think that's what resonated with people. And I think people thought, you know, she doesn't have an agenda. She's merely telling her own personal mm-hmm. story about how this situation is affecting her life and her family. And I think that that is why people, you know, I, I literally have had people say, you know, your speech made me change my mind. And yeah. I mean, that's very powerful when somebody Seems comes so. and tells you that, you know. Well, and I can tell you from the LGBT community, just watching that and feeling support from a side that we don't typically mm-hmm. always feel support from. I mean, it 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 gave me chills. It was a beautiful moment, mm-hmm. and I'm it was a wonderful thing to see. Yeah, we all want to thank yeah. you from the LGBT community yeah. for that. That was beautiful. I mean, such a personal, open story. What yeah. is the future? So as you look at what tends to be, because we all know media. I mean, we're in media, so we get it. Um, they latch on to specific things, but it has been a historical part of the the platform that seems to be talked about a lot uh, with Michelle Bachman and, you know, all of the, the ones that tend to be really, really loud about the gay community. So it turns a lot of us in, like Sergey and I have said many times, sometimes we don't know if there is the luxury for an LGBT individual to vote Republican, even if we agree with all of these things, because if I'm voting for someone who in the end your party would take rights away from me, it doesn't matter about all those other things we agree with. How hard is that to It's got to be very hard. And, I, you know, I, um, I do know some gay Republicans that oh, yeah. are very strong Republicans who, again, have really struggled with this issue yeah. of denial of rights, you know, in a country that mm-hmm. expresses that we all have equal rights. Right. And, um, you know, so I, I get that. And I know some, some of these guys, I mean, I've gone, I've visited with the log cabin Republicans, for example, and, um, and I've, I've spoken with a lot of folks about that. And, and I've said, you know, it must be very difficult for you to be a Republican when you hear this type of rhetoric coming from the right. party. Right. And um, to be honest with you, though, again, I look at the fast track that this was put on in this country. Right. You know, first we had a couple of states that had legal marriage equality. And then a few more, and then a few more, and now then 35, and then suddenly SCOTUS, the Supreme Court, comes in and says, yeah, this is the law of the land because this is the right thing to do. And right. I would bet you if you polled people now, you would find a much greater amount of support, just obviously by the way this thing has fast-tracked. Right. I was telling people that I thought that the Supreme Court would rule on this within five to ten years after I right. gave that speech. Yeah. That was 2012, and here it's been you know, three years later, mm-hmm. and it's the law of the land. Well, exactly. talk about talk about rapid fire success in, in getting an agenda pushed that, that was vitally important to it's, many, many families. In well, 
how fast do you think you know that change of events and that change of perspective is going to trickle into uh, the Republican Party? How fast do you think the Republican Party will say, okay, well, fine, this is this is not even a question anymore. We are not going to fight it. Let's just talk about exactly about, you know you know economics. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about the real issue we're here and not worry about uh, the social issue of marriage equality. Right. Exactly. That's that's you know my belief is that if the Republican Party wants to continue to drive itself into the ground, right. we will talk out of both sides of our mouths. And we will talk about how we're the party of freedom and liberty, and then we'll turn on the other side and say, oh, but not for these folks? I don't think so. You can't have it both ways. Uh, You know, maybe I'm a little more libertarian, you know, but but, but if the Republican Party has, has, you know, anti-gay rights or however you want to label us, well, then I don't, don't, you know, I'm not a part of that. I, I don't believe that way. I believe the way that Republican, you know, the original premise of the Republican Party um, you know, harkening back to the days of Lincoln when, when you know, freedom and equality were what, right. you know, that was the agenda of the Republican Party. And I pray to God that we return to that because right. that, that, to me, that, you know, we are talking out of both sides of our mouths when we right. decide we want to deny rights to one specific class of citizens. That's completely wrong. Well, I've got and to I say, think, I think many Republicans have realized that. Yeah. I've got to say, if there were more Republicans like you, you would make it way more confusing for Sergey and I. So, hey, we're all for it. We yeah. like to say we would like the we want the choice. You know, I love that because there are and we and I will admit on this show, we have talked to. Uh, a handful of Republicans who have such great ideas and they're not against us. So we actually have to listen to them, you know, and I think that's what we need to see. I would much rather be independent and vote for the best candidate than worry about, you know, and on that note, I want to say you have this very, obviously you're, you're involved in the house. You, you have, you're in that inside scoop. What do you think is going to happen in these states that are determined, whether SCOTUS has made a really, uh, ruling or not, they are determined to fight, 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 tooth and nail. What do you think is going to happen in those, you know, sessions to, I mean, you know, how are we going to get together as a nation instead of certain states saying no way, even though it's a federal, federal law? I think those states are just going to continue to embarrass themselves. Because, again, I just don't think that you can espouse the freedoms of this country out of one side of your mouth and then talk about denying rights to a group of individuals. I really do think that it's going to become a moot point after a while. People are going to just recognize and realize that we really don't have a handle on or an understanding of what sexuality really means. I mean, I'm interested in all of the new shows that are coming on. I watched a show about a little transgender gal last night that, you know, and it's just fascinating. And, and, you know, she's such a lovely kid, and, and, and you meet people that, you know, maybe I don't, you know, I don't really delve into people's sexuality anyway. It's not mm-hmm. an issue of importance to me. But I do think that if, in fact, people don't at least recognize and realize that sometimes we have people that are, are born with a predisposition to be a certain way, I think that's nature. And I don't think something that can be changed by the environment. I think it's something that that person has to be true to themselves about. And, um, and frankly, I give them a lot of credit if they do, because they subject themselves to a lot of rejection and a lot of humiliation. And frankly, you know, I- I'm thankful that we've had people that have been strong enough to really stand firm and really be stoic about saying, no, this is who I am. This is who I will continue to be, and I will continue to advocate for these types of freedoms and acceptability for all of my, 
you know, fellow Americans who are in the same condition that I am. And, and, and that's a, that's a great thing. It's, it's when people are actually honest and they're willing to come out and speak about something, um, that's, that's what moves this forward. And I think people start realizing, you know what, I've got a gay uncle, gay aunt, gay kid, gay, whatever in my family. And, you know, they're a wonderful person. They're a wonderful human being. And, and, uh, you know, uh, that that's that's to me what it is. Acceptance is being able to be informed. Ignorance is caused because people lack knowledge about a specific issue. They're not familiar with it. It's uncomfortable to them. Once you get familiar with it, you begin to realize it's not the end of the world and the sky is not falling. Exactly. I mean, we just talked about that on our last hour. We talked about ignorance and acceptance and the difference. Uh, and I, I love that. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, so, I mean, we live in a very liberal progressive state uh, res- compared to a lot of the others out there. And, you know, Washington has a lot of rights for LGBT. I mean, specifically trans as well. We have a lot of trans positive laws. Uh, in fact, right now, what do you think can be done more to progress the transgender community in our state? Well, again, I just think just the um, openness about, you know, one's sexuality in general. I think we are all beginning to get a little better understanding that everybody's not built exactly the same way and that there are differences. And I think if we can recognize those differences and not disrespect them, then I think we're all going to get along just fine. Nobody, you know, it's not hurting me because you're gay or somebody is gay. It's, it's not hurting me at all. That's their personal right to be who they are and be able to be accepted for who they are. And so I think, I think at some point, you know, the more we talk about these things and the more people are exposed to them, um, you know, I, I, I think of the Ellen DeGeneres show. Here's an example. You know, 10 years ago, or however long Ellen has been on the air, you know, I think she really made a lot of people say, she's just a lovely person, and why would I have anything wrong against her? And I don't care if she has a girlfriend. That's mm-hmm. her business. And I think people really do become to, they become more comfortable with something the more they're exposed to it. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure that the gay pride parades where people were flying around in bikinis and, you know, and, and doing things like that did a whole lot to, to move forward the gay agenda, right. if you will. I always but bring I, up Mardi Gras. I'm like, yeah. hey, we're all human beings get, they get crazy. Mardi Gras straight pride. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just, I just think that, you know, when people are, Begin. The people begin to understand things more mm-hmm. the more they're exposed to. It's just it's simply learning, right? right, right. That's all it is. And I have to learning. I have to say, you brought up a, a great word. Uh, so many good quotes. I just have to say in that sentence. May I was cheering in here. You can't see me, but I was. Um, but one word you brought up was respect, which I think is very important. And I, we would be wrong if we did not ask your opinion on someone who has come up in the polls when it comes to the presidential race. That maybe respect is not a way I would describe him. Um, what do you think about uh, Donald Trump coming up in Republican polls and that, you know, he seems to be surging? I think Donald Trump thinks he's so rich that his money will protect him from anything he does. Very and well it's put. very sad when you see <laughs> people supporting him and he's ahead in the polls yeah. um, because... It, you know, it just, but, but this is what it does. It sort of exemplifies this need that people have for politicians to be honest. And even if some people don't agree with his message mm-hmm. or like what he's saying, 
many people admire the fact that he's saying it. Now, again, he's not nearly as vulnerable as a lot of other people in this world who are trying to make a nickel and dime and keep mm-hmm. their heads above water. The guy is brutally rich, mm-hmm. and he's going to be brutally frank because he feels that incredible um, insulation around him of all that money, right? Yes. But the reality is, um, you know, we really shouldn't be tolerating comments like that. There should be a more diplo- diplomatic way for him to express his honesty. Um, and then I think people, yeah. you know, will kind of come to understand and realize where he's coming from and that he really probably does not represent their attitudes when it comes to race and when it comes to uh you know, some of the other issues that he's talked about. Right. Well, and hopefully the polls don't result in, you know, nomination. I I, <laughs> I, I would be sad if that's how our country worked. Yeah, it would be great. <laughs> but again, it's that honesty that right, people are right. craving for in their politicians. Right. And they at the same time, it, it was, that's what affected me watching your speech was your honesty. And you're right. It's the flip side of the same coin. Yeah, is, is the honesty there, and that's what I think you're right, and that's what a lot of the the people who re, you know responded to those polls were saying is, hey, at least he's saying exactly what's in his head, no matter how a little. And I think it's funny because for me, it was your speech, and it was way more uh, useful in my opinion. But it's the same thing. We want to see truth and honesty, and I have to tell you, I mean, again and again, I'm never. I try not to be political. I just happen to be more one side. Because of how things fall, we need more Republican, uh, outspoken people like you, uh, Representative Walsh, because it makes it a better playing field. Because it's about the real issues of why you care about your party and not about these crazy things uh, trying to tear people down. And so I have a lot of respect for you for that very fact. Well, thank you. That's very nice. My pleasure. All right. Well, we really appreciate you calling in today. Definitely. It's it's been quite a show uh over here and it's been a great pleasure talking to you, especially you know, finding someone in our state who's Republican and pro LGBT. We found someone in Idaho, so now we found someone know, in right? Washington. And hey, we, every once in the every once in a while we just spattered about. Yeah. <laughs> and every once in a while we like to have what we call political parties uh, in our studio. So we're gonna get you up here with some of your uh some of your co- cohorts because uh, we love these kinds of conversations. So thank you so much. And it proves that allies come from everywhere, especially even in places that we would never expect them. So thank you for being an ally. Absolutely. Thanks for having me today, guys. Our, our pleasure. You have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. If you just joined us, you missed. Hopefully you were listening to that was a Republican representative from District 16. That's down in Walla Walla. Maureen Walsh. And we said Republican, but let me tell you, very pro um, LGBT. Her daughter's yeah, gay, and she yeah. she votes her conscience. And I want to say the best thing about people who support us is, uh, you know, they make us happy. Right. So, and outspoken receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights. Located at two three two West Sprague Avenue. More information is available at five zero nine seven four seven one six two one. Outspoken is also funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, visit pridefoundation.org. All right, we're going to listen to a song real quick now. A lot of you think we don't listen to your comments, and while that may be true most of the time, uh, we do actually listen to your comments. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, someone told We're just us kidding, we don't. No, I mean, 
<laughs> so much, yeah. <laughs> no, we do, we do. Um, someone Most let us know that we do not play enough jazz music on here. So, of course, we're going to do this the only way we know how, by giving you Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga singing The Lady is a Tramp. That was Lady and the Tramp. That's why the Lady is a Tramp. Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett. Yeah. I love them too. I love their new album. We, oh my goodness! Well, not uh, so new anymore, on. but still. Yeah, not so new. Yeah, I guess it's it's almost a year old. This has been a crazy show. It has been a crazy show. So I want to remind everybody: if you missed today's show and you want to hear a really inspiring interview with uh, Republican Representative um, Maureen Walsh, and you want to hear our discussion on Caitlyn Jenner getting the SP Award, the Ash uh, Arthur Ash. Courage Award um, with our hosts of Spill the Tea in here. Um, and then, of course, we talked to Anthony Greer. Seriously, if you need summer reading plans, there they are. But if you missed any of that, tomorrow you can find us on iTunes. Please go on there. You can listen to any of our past shows that we have up there. Um, you can listen to it while you work out, while you do dishes. I don't care. Just uh, make sure you get our podcast and then please rate it. Tell us we're five stars. We love five stars. We do love five stars. And then write a nice comment. <laughs> You're allowed to have other opinions, but the ones we'll like are those. Right. We, we're going to tell you what to think about us. Yeah, this is how yeah, this works. Yeah. It's that's not a happening. dictatorship. What is that? Mm-mm, I don't, mm-mm. That's crazy. That's how this works in this world. Crazy talk. Now, in the I, outspoken world. I love that she kind of put a spin on the whole Donald Trump situation. I'm just going to bring it back to that because... It was a spin. It was a spin, and it was good. I mean, people do want the the honesty, but I love the point you made. She was also honest, and people loved her for the right honesty. Right. Donald I feel Trump... like it was a flip side Exactly. Exactly. Donald, Donald Trump's not the right kind of honest. And we just don't need something that. I've learned in business, yeah. I want to tell you, because as we have said many times, the politicians work for us as citizens, and we exactly. need to remember that we are their bosses, and you don't hire crazy. Just Never. a phrase to live by, and if you've <laughs> hired crazy, the minute you realize you hired crazy, quickly escort crazy to the door, and I am definitely telling you, Donald Trump is, is crazy. crazy. <laughs> don't now, hire crazy, people. You know, I want to take that quote, don't hire crazy, and put it on top of City Hall, and then parentheses say, Mike Fagan. Mike Fagan. <laughs> by the way, psst. Mike Fagan. Don't Just hire so you crazy. Know, Mike Fagan. Mike Fagan. Yes. Um, which... Re-elections coming up for city council and the mayoral. Uh, not all positions, but the mayoral is coming up. Where is that uh, <clears throat> that lady that's running against um, mayor? Condon? Yeah, Charlotte. Where Charlotte are you? Come on, Char, We need you to be louder. We need you to I'm be just, louder. We, we're we're going to call you out every single show. Be louder. Otherwise, the first re-elected official, our mayor, in what three, four decades in Spokane, we do not re-elect mayors. He is uh, poised to be the first one to do that. If you want that to be different, then Char needs to get louder and people need to stand up. So just saying, I mean, we we are fair on this program. We have reached out to the mayor on numerous occasions, so he's always welcome on our show. Um, But just so you know, Char, knock, knock. Exactly. (laughs) Knock, knock. Well, and, and I mean, we talked a little bit about how much money they've all raised. And I love the comment last week. Uh, Marcus Riccelli commented and said, big money should go out of politics because it shouldn't be about how much you raise. It should be about yeah. how many people believe in your cause and how much you've done for your campaign. Right. In the grass because the truth is, version. as we, we stated last week, and actually the Inlander is the one that did the story, which is uh, Mayor Condon has raised more than any other official in Washington state. 
Um, so he has over $300,000 he has raised for his campaign. So the fact is, money is going to talk because, but, and uh, Representative Richelli is, you know, I agree, big money out of politics, so does he. But the fact is, currently, money plays a major role. Way too big. And that's mm-hmm. that's a case in everything. Um, big agro, big pharma. Big pharma. Big, big money anywhere is kind of the new theme. And, you know, the last time uh, something like this happened was actually in the 1920s. And we know what happened immediately after that. When the divide Damn. between classes was so big, the Great Depression... Happen and it basically, I think it's it's like uh, the economy's way of just saying start over. You fit. We need to try readjust. Again. This is my reset. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. And I it was fun. I can't wait to have uh, you know Representative Richelli had mentioned that he's going to come back for more political parties. Oh please, because we had a lot of fun. But one of the things we he challenged us on. We have talked about term limits time and time again. I wrote an article about term limits, and he challenges us on that. And he says, I totally disagree. I would like. Uh, Representative Richelli to come back and let's have that conversation because he says, I challenge you, that is not the way. He says, like many do, re- voter reform and getting voters out there is the answer. My answer to that is I think both answers are ridiculously hard. Mm-hmm. So just saying that that's your answer is just as bad as me just saying it's only about right. term limits right. because you tell me how to get the voter reform and to get more voters to the polls and a lot of people aren't going to have problems. The fact is... Apathy runs rampant, and most citizens do not take their job seriously. It's just how it is. It's true. I so mean, the job is hard on both sides. Maybe really we need is. to start working really on is. both. We do. I think we should start working on both. I and think there's it's, valid arguments for both sides. It's Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's hard enough to I mean, win an election against an incumbent, but when you don't have any voters showing up, then, right. I mean, it's it's And it's, the ones that do real. go, oh, I've heard of that guy, so yeah. let's just vote there because I know that name. Right, right. That name, and, and then I cry and hide. And it, and it works in reverse as well. I mean, if you get your name out there and you said some pretty bad things, then maybe people will be like, "Oh, that's the crazy dude. I won't vote for him." And and that seems Can like that it's be the what only to Donald Trump. Right. <laughs> oh, that's the crazy well, dude. The I'm thing is, it's happening, him. but people just are still voting for him. That's the crazy part. <laughs> They're that, like, "Still, he's yeah. my man." Okay, he's crazy, but I'm on board. But it's funny that it's more about the uh, the media of. Politics versus the the media of politics behind it. Nailed yeah. it. Media. Nailed That's a book. It. We're it writing is a book. We're media writing of it, politics. So you can't take it. We have a copyright right now. Exactly. We're in media and we love politics. So that's July nineteenth. July <laughs> July nineteenth. That's all. <laughs> that's all the credentials we need. We have a show and I'm we have opinions. I'm writing it down right that's now, <laughs> actually, because uh, so many things can come out of that. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Let's let's uh, let's get a book deal. Okay. To continue uh, with our 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 responses to your comments. The jazz comment. I'm still going to play another song Dude, that's hey. a bit more jazzy and poppy. So it's it's best of both worlds. It's joppy. Uh, j- joppy? Not a thing. Uh, jazzy. Pazzy? Pazzy? Pop and jazz. I'm trying to help out here. Just trying Pizzazz. To... <laughs> okay. Pop jazz. <laughs> what are we listening to? <laughs> okay. We're, we're, we're listening to Justin Timberlake's <laughs> That Girl. Words. Now, if Justin Timberlake was gay, he would be my future husband. But that role is already I, taken by Sam Smith. Seriously, you and you enjoy Sam Smith. I have wished Justin gay since he was in NSYNC. I'm just saying. So. Yeah. Okay, maybe you get him. I'll take You'll him. You'll get him. All right. That boy can move, too. Oh, my so. gosh, can he? You are back with KYRS Medical Expokan <laughs> 88.1 and 92.3 FM with your Hot Mess Sunday boys from Outspoken. A lot of fun. And hot Mess Sunday in a room full of interns. Kind of my favorite way to spend a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to do an intern round table in the future i think it's a thing it just now, came to me and it's a thing i called you out on recorded video but i'm gonna do it on air oh, because 
he can't I, be alone. <laughs> he lo- it's okay. the funniest thing. No, it's, it's not that it it's true. Look, it's cute, okay? I'll say it right now. But it is, uh, I think, <laughs> overboard. But you do you. You do you, boo. Um, everywhere you go, you always mention the interns. Uh, and it's funny because it's funny because it's sometimes in like the most unnecessary <laughs> situations. You go to the gas station. And you're like, oh yeah, my my the interns cops are giving in the car. me a ticket. And yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm sorry, I just saw an intern. <laughs> and I, I okay, was just going to my. There intern's is a house. little bit. Okay, <laughs> Jonathan. There is a little bit of the you feel cool because you have people. Yeah, there's a little bit. of Yeah, that. I like it. <laughs> I respect but hello, it. sometimes they naturally <laughs> run. I don't know. It's natural to me. They're I love naturally it. because I rely so much on these amazing people. See how? See, I said amazing. He's being a jerk. I'm amazing. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, uh, oh, you're getting Mariah's some over there going. Ser- be honest. Yeah, yeah. Say the truth, Jonathan. No sucking up here. Oh darn it. Ugh. Um. So here's the thing. So yeah. Okay. Interns. Uh, but <laughs> on top of interns, we have listeners, and one of the mm. things we do is. You know, we, you and I write a lot. We do. Every we do. week we write. Sometimes, and we get really busy sometimes. Sometimes we get these submissions from people, a lot of times listeners, um, who want to be guest bloggers. And we have not done that uh, from the beginning. We mm-hmm. have just made that not a thing. Because um, Sergey and I like the spotlight. But we, really we recently, this past week, had two guest bloggers. And we're very excited for both of them. We did mention um, Gwen in the the first hour, her uh, blog went up this week. But we actually have a listener who is actually very involved and active in the community. And we he was one of our first guest bloggers this week. His name is Josh Swan. Josh Swan is currently the coordinator of the Men's Amity Project in northern Idaho Coeur d'Alene area. Josh has worked extensively with PFLAG CDA, the NIC Gender and Sexuality Alliance and add the words Idaho. Um, you can actually go on our website for more information, especially of his uh, his project, Men's Amity Project. But he has is our guest blogger, and go check it out. It's about authentic- authenticity in the workplace. Um, it's a very it's a very well written article. But what I love about the article it is very real. It's, it's very raw. personal. Yes, it's very it vulnerable. And it's talking about, hey, he comes from a state where, you know, they don't have the rights that we have in Washington state and how you have to be concerned in the workplace. He has to, even though he is the most, um, he's a well-rounded, very secure gay man. That is still a question he has to ask every day. Do I say it? He talks about how he has a corporate job and he has to Think about those things. Right. It's well worth the read. Um, we have it posted on our Facebook page, and we have it posted on HotMessSunday.com. Uh, if you have a second, I highly encourage you to check it out. Um, really good guest blogger. Very excited for the, that. Yeah, I'm excited to have more and more people be guest bloggers, but that is a great one to start off with. Mm-hmm. And Gwen is another yeah, uh, great blog. Yeah, all about cisgender Cis and yeah. the desire Journey and the too. transgender exactly. Yeah. exactly from the transgender community of some people wanting it so bad they miss the point of who they are right yeah so. it, it's great points brilliant blogs all Love over that. the place um well i think that uh i think that uh what, <laughs> it's radio. what am i use thinking? your words i know use your words radio i'm just gonna broadcast <laughs> my my uh thought process to you guys so Remember um, to uh, go on iTunes and please rate that's us. That's what I was going to say. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash outspokesman. You can find us on Twitter at outspokesman. Um, and and we're on Instagram now. We actually put stuff on Instagram now. We were like six months ago, but we're Nothing back. Was happening. We're back. We're back. We're back. Hot Mess Sunday. 
uh, is what we're under on there. But remember, always look out in the community for your boys. If you have a place you'd like us to show up, uh, maybe there's something you think we need to see, feel free to email us at listeners and we will. at hotmustsunday.com. And yeah. we will show up because, you know, if you're opening an envelope and there's going to be people there, we are more than happy to announce that. And you know what? <laughs> and be there. It's. I think it's going to be as bad as if you have a wedding, if you have a, your child's <laughs> birthday party, we'll be there. Right. If you Just are getting a puppy and you're excited, right? we'll show up. It, we'll we'll help do you. it. We'll do it. As long as there are people taking pictures. Yeah. yeah. Pictures and people. We will be there. Get your phones out. Take pictures. Yeah. We'll show up. We'll sh- <laughs> so, All right. Well, we stay for. tuned for more uh, programming here on KYRS.